I want you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 20. We're going to start in verse 24. I want to welcome everybody again. It's Palm Sunday, and it's an amazing day. It's an amazing week coming up, talking about Jesus. And when he had the Passion Week, when he gave his life for us to be able to sit here in the morning. So if you have your Bibles, make sure you have your Bibles. You don't, we'll have it on the screen. But you never want to leave home, especially on Sundays and Wednesdays, without your Bible because it's going to help you, all right? Our message today is called, I Doubt It, and we're going to go right into it. I Doubt It. Let's go there. This is about Thomas. Verse 24. Now, Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see, you want to circle that, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and, the place my, and place my fingers into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side. I will never believe. Eight days later, remember everyone said you need to go to church every week. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. Let's pray. Father God, we ask in these moments, Holy Spirit, we don't ask for information. We ask you to just transform us by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. In 1988, 87, sorry, had an opportunity, a golden opportunity. I was in the United States Air Force to do a special job. I got picked. I have a bunch of candidates to work with one of the premier aircraft in the world that time was the F-117 stealth fighter. And it was out in Las Vegas. And I remember get, getting processed in and going to work and serving up there and coming out, going up one day and coming back the next day. And I remember us getting ready. No one knew we existed, but we got ready for war. We trained for war. We would practice with one another. When we have war games, we would do all these great things. And we thought we were great. Then I remember... In 1990, when Desert Shield kicked off, and I remember getting called back in and going up, and the guy said, this is for real. And then they said, go get your pistol, and report back to here. And it got real quiet. And we're about to go do something. For real. And we process in and we process out. And we went to engage the enemy for real. It wasn't practice. wasn't training. This was the real thing. Stepping out and going. One thing all captivated our hearts. Doubt. We flew, they flew the most premier fighter in the world. 
The book said it's going to be strategic. It's going to do all great things. And we believed in it during training. But when it came to war, doubt came in. And we doubted. So what did we do? We called the guy who created the plane and said, tell us something different. He says, trust your instruments. You'll be fine. And that was a good word until we had to engage our first Saudi, which we call flight. And things started to change. And you saw it on CNN News. And then we had to learn to press beyond the doubt into action. And I see the church of America, and I see the church of Abilene, Texas, and we practice well, we train well, we do engage the spirit, we do all these things with one another, we sit, lay hands on one another, heal one another, until it comes time to engage our city, and then doubt comes. And we don't press beyond the doubt. And anywhere that there's pressure about going out and making disciples, we don't press over the line to touch our community. We'll go somewhere where we won't have to engage the community. We'll go here, we'll go there. Just don't ask me to go beyond my doubt. And what happens if we don't go beyond our doubt, we lose our passion, we lose our fervor, because here's the problem. We were created to make disciples. Like the F-117 was created to drop bombs. When we don't make disciples, we just wander. And then we fight. And then we get caught up on little things that don't mean anything. And you see here, it's common to everybody. We all have to press through the doubt. Jesus, at the end of his days, died, resurrected, walking with the disciples. He even says in Matthew 28, when he was going to go up, he said, go make disciples. He says, some of them in, the, in that crowd doubted. And it's amazing here, when he shows up, some um, guy says about his sixth time. And there's one guy, Thomas, the twin. Now, you might have heard this said this because he died so much he was called a twin. No, really, his name was Thomas, and Aramaic means twin. And he had a doubt because he missed one of the problems he missed. He missed a Sunday. <laughs> Don't miss a Sunday. You might not know. You might miss your blessing. Some of y'all missed all last year and you came here and said, where'd this guy come from? <laughs> You've been sleeping, making disciples. And he didn't believe. He had a doubt. And there's two types of folks here today. Those who doubt and those who disbelieve disbelief. Which one are you? The reason why I want to bring this message before Easter is because if we really believe, we really truly in our hearts believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior and he wants to bring people to Jesus, he wants to bring and change people's lives and transform them, we could not wait to get this word out to people.
Come on, somebody. I'm convicted, too. We cannot wait to share the good news. Especially when it's good news that you're not going to die. You have eternal life if you give your life to Christ. Last time I checked, that is good news. And we, we love Jesus, but we don't want to share him because you doubt it. You doubt if the word is going to change him. You doubt if your capacity to bring him. And we doubt that the gospel is real. But I don't want you to stay in your doubt. I want you to let you know a doubt is a natural thing. But you have to press beyond the doubt. These guys walk with Jesus three years, king of the Jews. He's going to set up his kingdom. Next thing you know, he goes gets killed. Devastated each and every one of them. Had to. Then they take off on him. Wait a minute. King of the Jews, he going to be, you going to set your kingdom up? And he goes and he dies. And they scatter. And you notice they were behind locked doors, <coughs> hiding, because they didn't believe. They heard, but they did not believe. And it devastated them, especially Thomas. Thomas was extreme. You look at it in John chapter 11, when Jesus was going to go raise Lazarus from the dead, Thomas would speak up. Well, let's go die with him. He had acts of bravery, but he had acts of doubt. But we should give him a bad name. And really, I don't call him Doubting Thomas. I call him Honest Thomas. At least he told the truth. Versus us, hey, I'm fine, I'm too, and you're really not. I'm full of faith, and you're really not. You go to God, I'm so full of faith. He says, I see your heart, you're doubting right now. Just tell me. So we can move on from doubt to faith. And you see this. And he had a moment, like we all do. But you know something? He didn't stay there. Because doubt was never meant to be a permanent situation. Doubt leads us to questions, which leads us to make a decision. Though I'm going to doubt, I'm going to press beyond my fears. I'm going to go ahead and walk with God. If I'm doubting, I'm going to get some more, whatever I need. More of the Holy Spirit, more of God. More of this word. It's got to break through so I can break through the doubt. See, a lot of it, I heard a guy said this, was believers, it's not a hardware pro, a pro, problem. Excuse me. It's not a hardware problem. He said, think about a Mac computer. And you buy it. That's the hardware. And then you have the things that run everything called the software. And I love Mac because they download it free versus Windows. I like Mac because it's simple and I'm not that smart. But I noticed as believers has nothing to do with the hardware. It's the software that we don't put in us. When's the last time? And you have to update the software. You can't walk around with software since 1978 when you first got born again. Every day is a new load. Every day is a new download. 
Because if you're walking around with stuff you got two years ago, you're walking in doubt. You're not doing anything. You're making a lot of noise, but you're not doing anything. It's not a hardware problem. It's a software problem. Our hearts should be breaking right now that these seats are empty. Because people out there going to hell. Hell's a real place. Hell is a real place. And we walk around like it's not. You recognize you're not going to die. This body will go down, but your soul and spirit is going somewhere. Either with Jesus or with, guess who? You're either getting pulled up or you're getting pulled down. You got to recognize that. And we'll be accountable for every action we have here on earth. And I don't want to get there. I did this in your name, Jesus. I did that in your He says, get away from me. I don't even know you. Hard word, isn't it? But guys, I'm trying to stimulate something in you. Everyone's walking around with issues. Can I give you just a snapshot of what the world's going to look like in the 10 years? Worse than it is now. Why? Because this is our greatest times to be living. Because as everything falls, guess who stands and leads? Us. Us. Say this. Us. Regardless if you have an issue or don't have an issue, you're called to make change in the world. Smith Wiggleworth, greatest healer in the world, was sick all the time. Think he didn't have doubt? Yes, but he passed beyond the circumstances and he went through healing people. And we read his books. He said, I want to be like him. Press beyond the doubt. We all have to press beyond the doubt. Because it isn't about us. It's about those. It's about our children. If we don't make a way, we put them so far behind. Now I'll get back to my story. Thomas has a moment. Now, one thing about doubt is often an intellectual problem We want to believe, but faith is overwhelmed by problems and questions. It's a big difference between doubt and unbelief. Unbelief is this. It's a moral problem. It's moral. We simply will not believe anything. Now, there's doubt. Intellectually, one questions, give me an answer, and there's a moral problem. I'm just not going to do it. And you know what? It takes faith not to believe in God. It takes faith not to believe. And here it is. Doubt was never meant to be a permanent condition. It's a stop. It's a check. You get the facts. You get the word. You get the new software download, and you go. And with Thomas, he asked a question. Because one thing about Thomas, he was loyal. He didn't quit. I said, why did you, God, why did you put him in the Bible on the doubting Thomas? Because he he said, I want to show people that you don't have to be perfect to serve me and do great things for me. If you look on Thomas's history, back on his history, he was one of the great great missionaries in India, preaching Jesus in India. All with his doubts, because doubt is just a momentary thing. 
Because faith overwhelms it. And better to doubt out loud to disbelieve in silence. See, he missed eight days. If you saw Jesus earlier, he wouldn't have to wait seven days. Amazing that Jesus probably knew what he was saying, but he didn't come right away. Let him sit in it a little while. How many of y'all waiting on that promise? And you feel like God's making you sit on it for a little while? It's getting you ready for it, so you'll appreciate it. Come on now, if you get something too early, you're not going to appreciate it. Ask a teenager who gets a car free. And it's like, looks, yeah, I mean, you all agree with that, right? It looks terrible, right? Until they buy their own. It's pristine. Right, because you're buying it now. It's yours. Didn't matter if it was your parents. Too early. Like my dad said, you'll never get a car. And then they died. I got one. What? He was right. He said, you'll never get one. I'm not giving you one. It's okay. It's all right. Don't, don't. I'm all right. I'm over that. I'm just like my dad. I'm straight up. I just got to be that way. He'll tell you the same thing. You're going, I'll die before I give you a car. Sinking in, isn't it? <laughs> Look at this. Faith is believing and obeying in spite of circumstances and consequences. Faith is believing and obeying in spite of, in spite of circumstances and consequences. Guys, there will always be circumstances. There will always be consequences. But don't let your faith be run by your consequence or your circumstance. If you're waiting for that, go ahead. If you're waiting for that to clear, you're not going to do anything. Think about us growing up. We want to get older. Now we want to be younger because the body's breaking now. I want to be older so I have freedom. Now my body hurts. I want to be younger so I don't have to hurt anymore. It doesn't change. If you have little children now, they grow up and go to college. The money doesn't change. They're yours forever. And in that circumstances, there are investments. Think about it. Now, here's one thing about Jesus. When he talked to Thomas, guys, he didn't, re he didn't rebuke him. Because Jesus doesn't reject doubt that are honest and directed to a belief. He doesn't reject your doubt when it's honest and it's directed toward an end product, which is believing. Every morning I have an opportunity to get up and doubt something, but I want to believe more. Not that I doubt and I just quit. A lot of you just doubt it and quit. You just doubt, but you press beyond the doubt to belief. And Jesus doesn't come down and say, hey, idiot, Hey, don't you get it? No. He just talked to him. And not only does it say there's no record of Thomas ever putting his finger there or anything. He just believed. And guess what? Jesus comes when you need him to encourage you, your faith. But don't doubt and quit. Recognize that God is calling you to a higher thing, higher than you, all of us. Witnessing and being a, making disciples, guys, is beyond our capability as humans. But with the Holy Spirit and God working through us, all things are possible. He'll do his part, but he needs us to fill that other part.
talks about doubt. Because all of us feel crushed or disappointed. He dealt with disappointment. I thought you were the Savior. I thought you were the Lord. And you're dead. Where'd you go? Same as us. We all stretched out. We all stepped out in faith. And things fell apart. Life fell apart on us. Kids blew up. Relationship issues. And then we're saying, God, what happened? And basically, you're okay. Believe that God, whatever he start, will finish. You might have started with something that was off, but he's going to finish it with something that's perfect. And some of us don't like when God rips stuff out of our hands. You didn't need it anyway. Because he knows what's good for us. And recognize the key response from Thomas that I think we read over a hundred. We never saw it before. Thomas was the first person to confess Jesus, not only as Lord, but also as God. Acknowledge his deity. He, from a guy who went from doubting to believing above the other disciples. And he had to go through some challenges. If Jesus risen from the dead, why you guys still got the door locked? That's all of us. Because they weren't perfect. Their faith wasn't perfect. It was sufficient. A lot of our faith is not perfect. It's not supposed to be perfect. We serve the perfect one. But it's sufficient to do the things that God called us to do. You're doubting that your family's going to come back together? Don't doubt. Ask God. And believe in faith that it will. Martin Luther, old story. He had disappointments, getting kicked out of a church and all those things. And I was, <laughs> he, got a, he was a tough guy. You got to read about him. But he had a tough wife. And he's moping around the house, self-pity. So his wife, <laughs> she put on all black. And then she put the veil over her head like she was going to a funeral. And she walked out to him. He said, huh, woman, what's wrong with you? Well, I just might as well just put my funeral stuff on because you're acting like God is dead. <laughs> and some of us walk around like God is dead. He doesn't understand what's going on with me. And it affects your walk. It affects your talk. It affects your faith. And he's not dead. He's on the throne. How can you kill a guy who raises back up? And it was God's plan. They, could, they weren't smart enough to kill him. He had to help him. Read the Bible. They couldn't get it right. They couldn't get the right witnesses. They couldn't get nothing right. God had to orchestrate it to raise him up, to put us all here. And you think he can't pay your bill? You think he can't touch your kids? You think he can't heal you? Come on. That's why he's is excited. It's the most unreal story in the world. And what's, well, that, I mean, he ain't helping me, man. Man, I don't know. Come on now. Savior. Lord of the earth. 
and we walk around like he's dead. And some of us got to put on our, I'm going to do that one time. You're going to see me one time. Put on all my black on and walk around. You okay? Is God dead in your life? <laughs> Guys, God is not dead. It's a newsboy's new song. They had to sing that song because they recognized it wasn't to the unbelievers. It was to believers. They're trying to pump us back up to remember that. Then he says this. You, you, um, you believe because you saw me, and this is the best part. He says, blessed are those who believe and don't see. He's talking about us. The blessing, the blessing is believing and knowing, not the seeing. See, we think if we have miracles and we have that breakout, hey, the Israelites had that. That didn't change them. Water opens up, they cross over the Red Sea, they get over at five, two days later, hey, where's, I'm hungry. That didn't change them. We see healings, we see things change. That didn't change us. It points us to him, but it doesn't change us. And we reduce Christianity to that. Versus watching people get transformed. Gang members become pastors. We have this in this church. Drug dealers become pastors. Came out of this church. That is transformation. Whole families coming in ready to be divorced. God heals the family. That's transformation. That's miracles. But you know it's safe? To play war games on each other. To heal one another. To do this all day. That's safe. But go lay hands on somebody who's outside who's sick. Oh my gosh. Come on now. We're warriors. One guy told me, I'm worried. I, I can't disciple. I said, you know John 3, 16? Yes, they don't know it, so you're one chapter ahead. <laughs> How much you need to know? You know too much, you won't do anything. You notice the brand people didn't get Jesus. They didn't get him. Took fishermen. I'm not going to talk about IQ of a fisherman. The smart guys didn't get it. What I'm saying don't let doubt become a permanent spot in your life. We prayed this morning about being naive again. Childlike faith. To believe God that we can touch this city. To believe God that we can influence our job. What happens when you let doubt insulate you from all that? You just go around like the rat on a trap. Life is good. How'd you do? I had paid this Tuesday. Life is good. Oh, I think my wife loves I'm good. We'll have a great vacation. That's all it is, and I don't know. I don't want to go to church because the weather changed, and it's raining out. Okay, we don't have to do that. So we won't do that anymore. So, oh, that was a great service, Sammy. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pastor Rich. Oh, I so, feel so good. And you know what you feel like? You did nothing. Because God put something inside of each and every one of us. We know when we're short. Because he put eternity in our hearts. And we're not doing That's why I love the Air Force so much. We're making a difference. That's why I love the church so much, because we're called to make a difference. 
Because we're difference makers. Difference makers. How about you? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you truly believe? Do you believe in eternal life? John 17, 3 says this. And this is eternal life that you know the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's eternal life. Do you really believe that? Because if you believe that, there's no such thing as a bad day. Because even on my bad day, I have eternal life. Can I give you perspective? We're in the flesh here. The earth is crazy. They're supposed to be. It's not going to change unless we change it. Someone says, I want to wipe out evil. Get someone born again. Evil will take one step, one family, one person at a time. Get them before Christ. Then evil's wiped out. It's not going to come down some fell swoop. Say, oh, evil's all done. Oh, I can't wait to get to view land. No. Evil will be wiped out one person, one family at a time. What do you believe? Do you believe that God so loved this world? That he gave his only begotten? Do you believe that? If he loves the world, he loves us. How come we don't let him know that? How come our heart isn't burdened by that? You know why? We've given up the... We have given up the power of miracles, the transformation of people because we get so caught up in the mundane of life. My bill is getting paid, yes. Am I going to lose my car? Get another one. In the end of the day, you're not going to need a car in heaven. You're not going to take no money with you. But they who don't know Jesus are going to die and go to hell. And here's the other thing. If we don't get on mission with Christ, we'll be there in front of him saying, I did all this in your name. He's going to say, get away from me. I don't even never knew you. You weren't even doing what I told you to do. You were practicing. You were training. You weren't, you weren't engaging. Do you believe if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he raised him from the dead, that you'll be saved? Do you believe that? Some of you might have done it or you didn't do it. You had a church experience. You're talking about Jesus' experience. Every head bow. Every eye closed.